What's up and welcome to the best podcast for coaches, the Coaches Collective. I'm Derek Perkins. I'm here with Dan Casey and Chris Maleo. Each week we give you access to the most innovative coaches and leaders in and out of sports. We ask the questions, you get the answers. Real content that you can take from the show back to your teams. This week in Episode 7, we had the chance to sit down with another trailblazer, Coach Callie Brownson, Chief of Staff for the Cleveland Browns. We talk about her story that started back at Dartmouth University, where she became the first female assistant in Division One football to a position now in the NFL. This conversation was another one that had us fired up and asking ourselves what we could do to help move the game forward. We hope it does the same for you. If you're enjoying the content, please take a minute to subscribe, leave us a review, and give us a follow on Twitter at Coach Collect. It really helps the podcast to continue to grow so we can keep the high-quality content coming your way. As always, get your pen and paper ready for another episode of the Coaches Collective. Welcome, everyone, to the Coaches Collective, Episode 7 with Callie Brownson. Callie is the woman of firsts, the first female assistant coach in college football, and the first assistant foot, uh, female assistant coach in the NFL. We are excited to have her on. She is currently working with the Cleveland Browns. Thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome, Callie. Happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Of course, of course. Well, your journey is incredible. Um, you know, we've done a ton of research. We were all, we were all talking earlier a little bit about you and your experience, um, and, you know, in, in the coaching. The, your videos and your interviews, all of them fire me up. So uh, I'm excited to get more fired up talking to you in person. But maybe you can start out by by talking with our listeners a little bit about your journey. Because um, it, as I mentioned, you are a pioneer. You are the first person in many aspects to be a trailblazer in the world, in the profession of coaching, especially particularly for women. Can you talk about the route that you took and, and how you arrived where you currently are? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was really interesting. You know, I grew up a football fan. My dad was a, a football football junkie through and through. Um, went to the University of Miami, so I grew up watching Miami Hurricanes football, and, and that to me was such a, a treasured experience that he and I got to have on Saturdays. And he would take me down the street to the local high school that I ended up going to, and we'd watch, uh, you know, football on Friday nights. And, and it was like the fall was just a whole different time of year for us, and and I, I just fell in love with it. And he's still the same way. He'll call me after games and ask what we were thinking on third and third and short, and you know, all of that. So he, he's still that still that same uh, football guy. And 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 I, I was really fortunate to grow up with a guy. Um, who really encouraged me to chase my passions. And he saw very early on that I, I just gravitated to football. I loved baseball. We went to Orioles games and all that, but there was something about football that I loved. And um, when I was about nine years old, I finally talked him into letting me play peewee ball where, you know, the helmet weighs more than you do. And uh, <laughs> he let me run around and, and bang into people a little bit and, and, and love it a little bit more too. And I had a great experience with that. Um, and then tried to play in high school, was told no, um, mm-hmm. You know, the state of Virginia at that point just kind of wasn't prepared for that. They didn't really know how to go about that, um, you know, which sucked. I think that was that was a tough moment for me because it was the first moment where I really had to deal with that gender gap of yeah. this is this is what females can't do. You know, up until that point, I was very fortunate. Nobody really told me, no, I played baseball. I, I, you know, I was always, you know, playing sports with the boys. I hadn't really faced that. And that was my first, you know, 
hey, you can't do this. Women can't do this. So, um, you know, but that was a great lesson for me. I still, you know, played sports in, in high school. And when I graduated, a family friend introduced me to the DC Divas uh, and got to get involved with that and fell in love with football in a whole nother manner all over again um, and knew that at some point my body was going to give up on me, uh, but I still wanted to be involved and I still want to be involved in the, in the game. And I loved the teaching side of it. I was coaching high school softball at the time. So I knew I loved to coach and kind of blended those two worlds together and, and coached high school football for a couple of years. But at that point, you know, you weren't seeing female representation in the NFL or college at all. Right. So that was the peak for me. I was going to work a nine to five and then I was going to coach high school football. And, and, and then I was overjoyed with that. Like that was like, Oh, that's amazing. Women don't do this. This is incredible. I never even dreamed of this. And and, and I was living it. And it was great. Um, and then I, I got introduced, um, you know, to the jets through the women's careers and football forum, uh, which is an awesome platform that gives women who want to work on the football side, because there's close to 50% of female representation in the NFL, but it's all on the business side. Yeah. Less than one female representation on the actual football side. So this was a chance to get women who are passionate about football in front of head coaches and general managers and directors of football operations to get these entry level positions and internships to be able to get their foot in the door and get the experience that women just weren't getting because there's no real feeder system for them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we got the internship with the Jets and scouting, which was awesome. And um, it was it was amazing. And then shortly after that, I, I coached. Uh, the Manning Passing Academy for Women and Girls, where I met Buddy Tevens, um, who called me two weeks later and asked me if I wanted to come up and do an internship. Of course, I jumped at it. It was a chance to, to continue um, and, and an opportunity to learn and then offered me a full-time position. Shortly after that, I uh, took the internship with the Bills and then uh, had a great season with them in 2019 and then uh, interviewed here. And, and the rest, I guess, is history, as they say. Mm-hmm. Well. Coach, your uh, we will say your highlights with the DC Divas were impressive. We were we were passing around in the group chat earlier and um, getting to see you play a little bit of quarterback, a little bit of running back, and you know we miss playing a lot. Obviously, I'm sure I'm sure you're missing it missing it as well. Obviously, probably not your body missing it anymore, but uh, but definitely uh, you know being being a part of the game is is something special. And uh, you know I, w- I want to talk a little bit about kind of where you're at right now. I know we're we're crunched on time a little bit you know, one of the things that we've heard you talk about a little bit is, is working with a guy like Kevin Stefanski. Um, and coach Stefanski is, um, you know, in, in a unique position, you know, where he's the head football coach, but he's also calling plays. So he has a lot of game day responsibility, a lot of game planning responsibility. And it just really seems like he leans on you in a lot of ways. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what your day to day looks like as the, as the chief of staff there? Yeah, yeah, it's a really unique role and one that's grown kind of significantly over the past few years because to your point, you're starting to see the evolution of the head coach, right? Yeah. What we were used to maybe a decade ago was the head coach was kind of like the skipper in baseball, right? You know, team manager, the program coordinator, all of that stuff, but you had your coordinators who were calling plays. So uh, you've seen this evolution where now there's a lot of head coaches who are actually the primary play callers now. Um, and, and it's great. It's, it's a cool evolution to see. But with that, obviously, comes a pull away from some of these other responsibilities and these other things that come with being a head coach. So that's ideally what my position is is there for. And in, in a standard game week, it's taking everything off of his plate so that he can be that guy for the offense and, and yeah. be involved 
game planning aspects of things. So I coordinate everything from all of the communication that happens uh, between coaching and all the football departments. So uh, I put together our practices. I structure all the operations behind that, make sure everything's communicated. I'm working with our quality control coaches to make sure the scripts are proper, basically taking Kevin Stefanski's vision of what he wants everything to look like and making sure that it happens. Um, and, and it's funny because when I interviewed with him, um, you know, I said, you know, is there, is there a job description for this? And he kind of chuckled at me and he was like, I could try to put something on paper, but I think I'd be doing both of us a disservice mm-hmm. and misleading in some capacity because it's too hard to really put on paper what this actually will entail. A lot of it is reactive and responsive, yeah. uh, which, which I enjoy. I enjoy the challenge of that for sure. But not only are you doing some of the kind of preparation and organization and kind of operations side of things, you also found yourself on the field as as a tight ends coach one game like you you had to know the scheme intricately as well how do you how do you keep how do you wrap your mind around all this stuff i mean you just have a lot going on well, yeah, it, it is a lot, but I'm thankful to work for a guy who challenges me to do so as well. It's really yeah. kind of how he climbed the ranks as well. He started in a similar position um, and then he, you know, found his way into rooms and started to to make himself learn. And so he challenges me uh, with that all the time. And it's something we talked about in our first conversation together. I said, I, I want to grow as a coach. I'd be happy to do all of this. And I will. Yeah. And I'll do the best job I possibly can, but I want to grow as a coach. And he was like, I want you to grow as a coach. And he holds me yeah. accountable. So even if it's just a random Wednesday when he sees me walk by his office and pulls me in and makes me, you know, I, I hate to say makes me because it's right. such an opportunity, but we right. watch 45 minutes to an hour of film together. Yeah. You know, he's constantly pushing me and making sure, which is why when that decision came up and you have to tap into your contingency plan, you know, I was the one who was sitting there being able to watch film with him, bouncing yeah. those things off of him. And he had, you know, a lot of faith in that process and a lot of faith in, in me being prepared for that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I, last couple of days ago, we actually had the chance to sit down with Jennifer King. Um, and, and so I hope these the, the past few episodes um, can play a small role in helping our listeners who are predominantly male high school football coaches, um, help them open their eyes to the fact that women can be as qualified as any male coach out there. Because at the end of the day, it's about knowing your stuff. Yep. And, and regardless of gender, you can learn your stuff. Um, and, it, and just a few days ago, talking with Coach King, it was very obvious that she she knew her stuff, and and you do as well. And I'll be completely honest, and these guys will agree, we're all former and, and current high school college coaches. But when I was a head high school coach, I never I never considered hiring a female, just because, and not that I was against it, but the fact that it's just it's it's not the norm. So it didn't even cross my mind. So. Hearing both of your stories, it's it's definitely affected me moving forward, and it's it's something that I will 100% consider regardless. So I I, I applaud you guys and truly appreciate it. But from that, um, what advice do you have for male coaches moving forward who are in the position to hire uh, female coaches? Yeah, and that's that's such a good point too because there's been so many people who've told me no offense and, and so forth. I just, you know, it's never crossed my mind. And I, I'm victim of it too. I did the same thing when I got hired as a high school coach. I had never even fathomed that I could bring the two worlds of loving football and loving coaching to come together because I wasn't seeing it. We constantly say it, right? Representation matters. Yeah, for sure. It, you can be it, but if you can't see it, it's really hard to conceptualize it or even it, for, for it to even be on your radar. Right. And so, right. 
think that's you know that's that's definitely an, an important note in how much we've grown. Um, and to you guys' point, every single person you get a chance to leave an impression on, you change their mind about the concept yeah. again, and that's that's huge. That's so huge. So you know, my advice to those coaches is if it's something that you're open to and something that you think you could find value to in your program. You know, find a way, you know, through all the research, there's a lot of female coaches out there who are looking for a start. And the best part about that is like you don't have to bring a female in and hire immediately as your wide receiver coach. Give those opportunities to shadow and and have opportunities to to just be around the program and and absorb it and just learn football. You know, hey, you know, if you have a female who who gives, you know, wants an opportunity to be around, but the, you know, the experience isn't quite there, just give her a chance to come in and watch film with the with the coaching staff because every single opportunity you give her to come in there and absorb that information, you are making her a better coach. You are increasing her experience and her expertise and you're a part of it. So my advice to male coaches who want to be a part of it is just open the doors. You know, again, you don't have to commit to hiring them as a, as a position coach right off the bat, but you can definitely contribute to their development by just allowing them to be around. Yeah. That's so good. Definitely. Callie, you know, one thing I heard you say, uh, was that, you know, as, as a female coach, you always felt like you have to be on, right. Um, kind of expand a little bit about that for you and your current role. Cause listen, you're, we're in a profession now that, you know, I think sometimes there's a misconception. It's like, okay, like we're creating positions for women in sports. And like, this is like a nice thing that we're doing. And, and I hate to tell the listeners out there who maybe like haven't coached at this level, like no one in the NFL is creating jobs for someone as a favor. Okay. Like let's start here. So you're incredibly qualified for the role that you're in, but can you talk a little bit about like that chip on your shoulder? Like, Hey, like I know going into it as a first, as a woman that I have, I have to be on all the time. And this is the expectation I have for yourself. How has that molded you as a person, as a coach? And like, has How's that translated into your leadership style? Yeah, no, that's a great question. You know, and, and you're so right, because one of the biggest criticisms from people who have absolutely no idea about this is, oh, this is a PR stunt. Like, yeah, they're going to go ahead and waste a salary on just an empty. <laughs> right, right. The, the, the concept is is beyond me. But no, I, you know, I think a big part of it and, and, and a mentality that I have is I always want to be two steps ahead of everybody. I always want to work twice as hard as everybody else. And I want people to know me as that person um, just because, you know, I think for me, again, back to the relationship you build is I'm working on a coaching staff with 20 plus coaches who in the next five years are going to expand, you know, their reach somewhere else. And for them to be able to say, we had a female on staff, which is actually probably the hardest worker on staff, yeah. then changes the minds of every single person that they told that to. So how hard you work also opens that door even more and even more for every female behind you. Um, and I also want to set the bar like, hey, we're talking about adding value and making things better. So you better work to do that. You better, you know, you better be about it. And that's kind of, I don't know if you guys can read that behind me, but Charlie Casserly was my um, professor in, in at George Mason. And he told us like, what did you do today to help us win? And it's yeah. the thing I ask myself every single morning when I walk in, it's as simple as like, just having a smooth practice is putting us in a better position today. Yeah. And so I ask myself the little things and the big things, like what can I do to help us win? And, and that's the way I work is, is making sure that every single chance that I get, I'm trying to put coach the fancy in a better position. I'm trying to put our players in a better position through communication and, and everything else, our coaching staff. Every time you make those decisions, you, you move us forward towards our goal. Um, so I think that that's, that's been a big part of like why I work the way that I do and, and why I, I kind of have that, 
about myself. And I think that that's molded my leadership style. It also helps to work with like the most poised and composed guy in the NFL. No doubt. Nothing rattles Kevin's defense. <laughs> and, it's, and it's helped me because when I'm going nuts and crazy and putting out all these, these fires, to be able to see him and say like, hey, it's okay, we're good, you know, has helped me and, and for me as a leader, like poise is important, cool heads prevail. And we really needed a lot of that this year in the COVID app. Yeah. Well, coach, one of the things that was really apparent to us in going and doing some research and seeing some of the videos that, of, of you at Dartmouth was just the camaraderie you had with the, the athletes there. Um, it was really clear that there was, um, that there was a great working relationship. And obviously, like we know as coaches, um, the reason, the main reason you have a great relationship with your athletes is because you're, you're making them better in some way, um, on the field and off. And, and obviously like that was clear that that happened at Dartmouth so much so that they offered you a full-time spot and you basically got a standing ovation from your guys when, when you got offered that, it was so cool for me to see. And what is that, like, what does that look like when you go from college to the NFL? Like, obviously everybody knows the NFL is a business. What does it look like to develop camaraderie with, with those guys as well? Yeah, it's important. You know, it, it, the relationship football is a people people business, whether you're coaching football all the way up to the pros, it doesn't change. Right. And, you know, whether you're teaching, you're coaching peewee football to high school football to college to pros, you know, at the end of the day, these athletes just want to succeed. Right. They just want to win and be yeah. successful. And if you're somebody who can help them do that, it's an instant bond. You know, yeah. they the caring and it's not just like hey i care about you as a person because you obviously do but it's like i want to find a way to help you succeed as a human being and a football player and when you can portray that it's easy to establish rapport with players you know if that's your passion and that's why you're in coaching is to help improve lives and help improve you know performance you know it's very very simple to to establish that rapport with a player um and, and that's always been my goal no matter what level i'm at the reason that I'm there is for them. And if that's your true purpose, these guys are, you know, you guys have seen it with all of your athletes. Our athletes are so perceptive and yeah. they can read your intention off of you in the first 20 seconds of you starting to speak and, and coach them. How many times have we had players who were like, Hey coach, you okay today? Like you're a little off today. They know it, right. They're reading all of that off of us. So I think if that's your pure intention, like, building rapport and gaining trust and respect from your players. If your intentions are true and genuine and authentic, it's very easy to do. Yeah, definitely. Well, Hey, we know you're, we're running close on time here. We've got one more question for you. And obviously you're, you're a trailblazer and we res uh, respect everything that you've done up to this point, but I'm sure, and I know just talking to you for the past 19 minutes, you're, you're probably tired of hearing that um, because you're, you're not done. So what's the, what's the end goal? I get, yeah, I get asked that a lot. Um, and, and it's, yeah, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, are like, Hey, do you want to be the first female head coach? Do you want to do this? And like, for me, like my, my strategy with that is simple. Five years ago, I would have never, ever believed you. If you told me I'd be sitting in this chair right now, right. I wouldn't yeah. be, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't visualize it. And so what happened if I really just peel back the layers of that is the past five years, I just worked hard. I made good relationships. Yeah. I have, you know, done the best that I can to build myself and to grow as a coach. And this has been the result. So I'm just going to keep that strategy. And then you see Love as the doors open and you're ready for it because you're doing it the right way. You're trusting the process. So I, I don't know what my end goal is yet. I just know, like I said, the strategy I've had the past five years is the one that I'm going to continue. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see what doors open for me in this game and, and in the league. And, and, and I'm excited for the growth and I'm excited to look back in five years and see what chair I'm sitting in then. No doubt. Well, coach, we appreciate all your time. 
uh, we're, we're rooting for you guys, the Browns, uh, and for you, for you in particular. And we know you got to run off to a meeting. The NFL offseason never quits. So we appreciate your time and, and hope you have a great day. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, guys. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm fired up. Like, I got – I, f- I got chills at one point in that conversation where I was just like, yeah, yeah no, I mean, just talk, just talking to her. You can tell like she's different. Like she, yes. you know, and, and if I'm sitting across from a guy that I know is like, it's a, like that dude's different. Yep. She's just, she's got that it, you know? Um, yes. She communicates really well. That's, that's what it is. She's, mm-hmm. an, she's an excellent communicator. You know, it's just, uh, it comes across in even like a, a 20 minute zoom. Yeah. So obviously there's for us, we, we, we see that at the high school level, there's there's such an opportunity to involve women who who are interested in coaching in football. Um, and I was very transparent with Callie and and Coach King that the fact that as a as a head coach, I never even considered hiring a a female, and it wasn't because I was against it. It was just it was so out of the norm, it never even crossed my mind. So hearing their stories. Um, yeah, like, like you said, Dan, it's, it's, a it's going to be a goal of my moving forward, um, to, to really make an effort to, to involve women, um, who, who are interested, you know, yeah. and, and qualified, like Kelly said, she said, you know, um, and, and we've heard previous interviews from her. It's not even about being a female. It's about knowing your stuff yeah. and, and, and having the desire to get better. And, and, and if they, they want that, why, why can't a high school coach, um, find something for an interested female to do on staff, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think one of the things that, that stands out to me again, I I think I'm in a similar boat to you, Derek, where I just, it didn't even cross my mind um, to even ask fellow teachers and coaches at my school who uh, maybe coach in other sports, but maybe interested, you know, between talking with Callie who was coaching softball and crossed over to football or, you know, Jen King, who's coaching basketball and crosses over to football. And, you know, the the principles of communication and camaraderie and building relationships obviously hold true. And then when you give them opportunities to learn the game, you know, that that happens so quickly. Um, that's, that's such a natural progression. And so I think I think I'm in the same boat. Like, I think these conversations with with Coach King and Coach Brownson, like it just really is a great reminder for me as a coach you know, what, am, what am I doing, uh, to, to create opportunities for people? Um, and, and honestly, like people that will end up becoming invaluable members of coaching staffs moving forward. Um, you know, I think, I think there's such a need at the high school level for help, uh, whether it's kind of like what Derek was saying from like a quality control role or even position coach and growing into coordinators and, and honestly head coaches. Uh, you know, I think there's, there's opportunities that, and it starts with just asking that question. Is this something you're interested in? How can we get you involved? How can we get you in the room? I think that's really important. Yeah, I think, you know, the foundation of coaching, at least in, in my world, was was communication and teaching, right? Um, you know, I used to always say to our staff, if your approach is to teach, uh, you know, algebra this way, then teach it the same, teach running routes the same way in, in football. Like I don't, I'm only asking you to maintain the standard in what you teach. Um, and I think, right. You know, even as a coach, even, you know, as a head coach, 
I used to say to myself, like, uh, I'm going to go watch the girls field hockey coach or the lacrosse coach or, you know, basketball coach. And I'm going to learn from them and to pick things from them and study the way that they do things. Cause I just felt it was necessary. And in my, my, my own ego, I used to say like, Oh, I love, I would love the idea to coach a girls sport. Like, even though I don't know girls lacrosse, I feel like I'm an effective communicator enough and teacher that I can learn the technical side of it. And I'll fill in the blanks because of my strengths as a communicator. Well, once again, it never occurred to me like, hey, there's a female out there who probably thinks the same thing. Like if you're a really good female basketball coach, if you're the best lacrosse, whatever it is, you're probably going to be a really good football coach. Maybe not as technical as the next guy, or you might not be the star, like you said, the wide receivers coach. But if you can effectively communicate with your team. Uh, and teach guys how to, uh, you know, uh, teach them, let, let them understand expectations. There is a role for you in a football program. I, I just, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. And I think we're starting to see that because you know, this interview we did with Callie, with Jennifer, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, both of them hit it out of the park. Callie's interview is, it was unbelievable. Um, you know, and, and it, don't, don't, don't make any mistake about it. There, there isn't one, I think, I don't think between the three of us, there wasn't one moment where each, any of us were like, wow, like, you know, she's doing a good job. Like, you know, she's a female coach. Like she was a rock star. Yeah. And, 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 and as humble as she was, I would be shocked if she does not make, you know, create another first, which is first female head coach of an NFL college team, any of those things. I think she's, she's absolutely on that trajectory. Yeah. Well, hundred percent. And that's, that's what's so cool about this is we're, this this is finally starting to catch some some traction females in the nfl um and we had the chance to sit down with two of the first that we're going to turn around 30 40 50 years down the road and we're going to remember back in 2020 we we mm. interviewed um the one of the first female coordinators one of the first female head coaches so for the high school guys out there that we talked about that there's so many so much opportunity i mean tell me one high school coach that uh, doesn't want a chief of staff, you know, and, right. and how many, Absolutely. how many women who are interested in football, but may not want to coach would be very qualified for that position. Um, so I just, I, ho- I hope guys that are listening, um, they, they take that to heart and, and realize that there, there's, there's significant opportunity there for you to, to help move this forward. Yeah, well, for sure. And, and I think about it, you know, even being at a small high school as a head coach, calling plays, like, there, there's a lot on you and, you know, for the head coaches that are listening, you know, how could you offload some of that responsibility to somebody? But then it's kind of like, it was cool to hear even what coach Stefanski is doing is he's saying, yeah, you know, you're responsible for these things, but I also, I'm going to pull you into my office and we're going to watch 45 minutes of film so that you, and obviously like Callie's getting on the board and she's showing him that she can go coach the tight ends in an NFL regular season game like a, with playoff implications. So like, what are we, what are, who's a high school coach to say, you know, th- this female coach, you know, isn't qualified. Like that's crazy. Um, I think it's about giving opportunities and obviously like Callie and, and Jennifer have made the most and, and others have made the most of these opportunities. And so I just, I keep coming back to that, um, that thought of, you know, how, how great would it be to have somebody operating in that chief of staff role? And then all of a sudden, as those qualifications become more apparent, you know, all of a sudden, you know, she's a, she's a coordinator, you know, and and at the end of the day, is she making the team better? Is she making the athletes better? If the answer is yes, keep it going. Yeah. I think it's, it's almost, it almost becomes a a level of responsibility 
um, you know, as, as a head coach for you to say, does this choice, and I, you know, we, you, the three of us obviously have been head coaches. We talked about this, but does this choice bring me further or closer to my end destination, right? Whatever that is for you as a head coach, your vision, your mission statement. And, you know, if, if they can help you programmatically make things better, I don't give, I don't care if they're an alien, they're coming on to my football program, right? right like, exactly. it, we'll, we'll figure out a role and an opportunity. Um, you know, for the, for those of you guys who are married, like, you know, my wife will probably say she's the head coach and the chief chief of staff, but like right. <laughs> role, it's pretty vital, right? Like I, I can't, I can't function without that. And so, you know, I, I think we're starting to see, um, we're starting to see like our unique transformation. Like we're literally living in history right now. Uh, obviously as you're living in history, I don't think you realize it, but we're living in history right now. We just interviewed two people that'll potentially be in the football hall of fame you know, someday. And, uh, it's pretty amazing to listen to their perspective and their humility, their work ethic and their drive. Uh, cause there, no, there is nothing about this that I think is, um, is, is given to them in any way they've earned everything they've received up to this point. And, uh, and they're, they're gonna, they're gonna both continue to go places, you know, from here. And, and let's not forget that five years ago, it was a high school coach giving Callie her first opportunity in football right. from the right. coaching side of things. And then it's coach Stevens at Dartmouth and it's, you know, an internship with the jets and internship with coach McDermott and the bills. Like, you know, there, there are there, she, she rose quickly, but at the same time, like she was fired up to get a high school job. Right. I think that's something that we can remember. Cause sometimes you think like, Oh, she's with the Browns. Like she's in another league than us, obviously, but, but somebody gave her a high school opportunity and she was like fired up about that. And I think that's something for us high school coaches to remember that um, we could, you know, we, we just have to be more aware, I think is the biggest thing that there are people out there who are ready to contribute um, and they're just waiting for the call. 